This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Uh, hello, everyone. Today we're going to have a, a new topic with my friend Akon. Yeah, and so we're going to talk him something about climbing today, and especially on the, the COVID time when we're gathering in the nature background would be quite you know, safe and enjoyable under this kind of uh, social, dis- social distance restrictions and the number of people gathering conditions. and. Um, could you please do an introduction yourself to our audience? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm Jordan Aiken. I have been part of the Trampian Climbing Club at my uni for almost four years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two of those years, I was president of the club. Okay. And mm-hmm. yeah, since I'm still part of the committee now, yeah. helping run trips uh, mm-hmm. with uni students, both domestic and quite a lot of international, and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable showing people the nature of our country. Yeah, that's quite exciting. So then, in the first time, when what is the motivation when you're going to create this club? Uh, yeah. So the club was there when I arrived at uni, and mm-hmm. I most hunted it down because I'm throughout high school. I was uh-huh. very into being, well, being in nature, hiking in the bush, and mm-hmm. I find it quite a peaceful place to be, and mm-hmm. especially yeah. coming, well, you work at uni in the library, and it can be quite a stressful space, mm-hmm. so to be able to have a space outside of that, that is the opposite, so yeah. mm-hmm. you're amongst the birds and the trees, and everything seems quite calm mm-hmm. on a good day, Yeah. so yeah. Mm-hmm. And personally, I have never tried any climbing before, because uh, for me, I think it needs some professional skills. And especially some of the courage, you know, to get that cliff, you know, from the bottom to the to the top, and it really cost time and effort, you know, and skills training, in the same time. So, yeah. how do you think those things can be um, uh, shared knowledge or get some other people to be interested in the climbing? Yeah. So yeah, from the rock climbing side of things. When I showed up to uni, uh-huh. I had never done rock climbing before. Well, mm-hmm. I'd done it a few times at high school. I yeah. was actually afraid of heights. I hated yeah. rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And I went along with the Trampian Climbing Club at uni. They had a club night at the mm-hmm. YMCA every Monday night. And I turned up to that and the people at the YMCA, they mm-hmm. induct you onto the wall. So they teach you how to do it safely. It's mm-hmm. a really good starting spot yeah. if you've got no experience. And I did a few months on the inside walls, climbing up there, building up my confidence. Mm-hmm. And then the Tramping Club at uni, they ran also outdoor climbing days so on the Port Hills. Mm-hmm. Cattle Stop Crag is a popular one for people to learn on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the members of the club who were more experienced than me yeah. taught me. And as you've got the confidence and you get taught the skills... I find climbing to a certain point quite relaxing. It's the mm-hmm. same as being outdoors. Mm. It takes my focus off uni because you've got to, it demands so much of your attention, both physically to get up the wall, mm. but also mentally. It's like 
a yeah. real life 3D puzzle that you've got to solve. There's mm-hmm. certain moves and holds mm. you have to do to climb up the wall. And if you get that order right, then it's super easy. Yeah. But sometimes you don't get the order right and yeah, you get stuck. <laughs> mm, that could be from some of the psychology impacts. You feel nervous or something, or the natural, natural condition change because of the weather. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, yeah. And especially when, how do you think if during the time we are doing, when you are doing climbing, and there's a little earthquake or shake of the mountain. Have you experienced that before? No. Oh, okay. But there are, so if I'm going through a real, like you go through tough times in life where you're just not mentally there all the time, mm-hmm. I won't do a lot of lead or hard climbing when mm. I'm not mentally focused. So if something else has my attention mm. and I'm super worried about something else, I usually won't do a lot of hard climbing because yeah. that demands my full attention mm. if I'm to do it safely. Yeah. And if I'm not in that mental space to be able to do that safely, then I was like, well, I might as well do easier climbs, mm-hmm. which is still fun, but less dangerous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so normally how high is the, the climbing usually you do? Oh, that's like asking how long is a bit of string. There's <laughs> The walls vary in size, like mm-hmm. there's some climbs around Christchurch that would be less than 10 metres high and okay. there's some, mm. I've climbed walls up to 30 metres high, which, okay. yeah, and it depends on the length of your rope mm-hmm. and there's different types of climbing, so mm-hmm. the highest one I've done that is 30 metres high, that's the end of my rope, that's as far as my rope will let me go, Yeah, but you can do multi-pitch climbing, which is you need more skills again to be able to do that mm-hmm. but you'll climb up maybe halfway up the wall stop and you'll be able to hook into something your climbing yeah. partner will then climb up and mm-hmm. be with you halfway up the wall and then you'll climb up the next section from mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and you'll do it in parts yeah so each one go ahead yeah and then the in other each one. turn yeah yeah okay yeah kind of like yeah a re- relay or like yeah. a tag okay. so they can production each other yeah yeah. yeah, if something goes wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's yeah a certain another set of skills you need on top of normal rock climbing to be able to do that. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so usually, how long the indoor training should be taken for a novice? Yes, or going out with someone who is experienced mm-hmm. and prepared to teach you the skills you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and getting involved in a local rock climbing club, whether it's at your uni or in the community, yeah. is a great place to find mm-hmm. those people, mm-hmm. and they want to teach you. <laughs> okay. So during the the lockdown, have you do more climbing? Because we, you know, because in the lockdown we have indoor social distance, distance, you know, restrictions, yeah. and during the same time, do you think you have a more opportunity to gather in the nature? Uh, not until level two, so <laughs> under level four and three, I actually, I missed climbing a lot oh. <laughs> during level <laughs> four and three. I ended up climbing around the outside of my house. It mm. had brickwork, <laughs> so I was climbing okay. around that. <laughs> And okay. a lot of my other rock climbing friends had similar setups where mm-hmm. they were creating routes around their house that yeah. they could climb on. Mm-hmm. But level two, you still were not meant to go to the crags, really. Mm-hmm. The climbing community was encouraging you not to go to them because people would be touching the walls and there was mm-hmm. no hand sanitizing or anything like that. And you sweat yeah. quite a bit on your hands when mm-hmm. you are on the wall. Mm-hmm. Level one it's all fine, mm-hmm. you can still go outside, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, during level two, mostly a lot of hiking for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So currently, how many members do you have in your club? Last I counted, we were sitting on about a hundred and forty. Okay. Yeah. That's quite a lot of people. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, for the size of our community, for our club, that is good, and I wouldn't want too many more. That's a good number for our club. Yeah, it allows us to run the size、mm. trips that we do, and yeah, having a small club's、yeah. nice. <laughs> and how you organize the team because you have、uh, hundreds of people, and then it will be somehow difficult to organize a team for climbing. Um, so we wouldn't have all those 140 people turn up to a weekend trip.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the most I've had on a weekend overnight hiking trip is about 20 people.、Mm-hmm. And when you've got that many people, you'll usually have a few other club exec members come on the trip,、mm. so they'll help you run it,、mm. and you'll have them spread throughout the group. Usually, within an hour of a hike, you kind of know who the faster people are and who the slower people are, so you、mm. can do a split, and one、yeah. group can go ahead, and one can hang back and go at their own pace. Because,、okay. yeah,、mm. if someone's going either too fast. Faster than they should, or someone's going slower than they need to, they can equally both be as dangerous.、Mm, yes. So allowing that split for those people is good,、mm. as long as people remain in、mm-hmm. some sort of group.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, we provide gear lists for all our members.、Um, in the past, for people who haven't gone hiking before and、mm-hmm. are unsure about what gear to use,、mm-hmm. I've gone in and checked their bag for what clothing to bring. So yeah. When you go into the hills, stay away from cotton and denim. You don't want to be wearing those things because、mm-hmm. as soon as they get wet, the wet can be more heavy. Heavy、yeah. and very cold. cold. So、mm-hmm. you don't want to be wearing those things. That's mostly what I check for, and a、yeah. proper waterproof rain jacket layer. So、mm-hmm. yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah, we do a lot of that to make sure people. Yeah. More so that they're safe, so I'm not too worried about how fast or slow someone is.、Mm-hmm. You can deal with that as long as you've got enough time in the day for them to get there.、Mm-hmm. They can take as long as they want within those daylight hours.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more you want them to be warm、yeah. and happy、mm-hmm. while、That's、they're getting there. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have a kind of a classification on the roles taken between different members as they have a different resp- responsibility in the team? Um. Usually, the ones with the most responsibility in the team will be people who are on the club committee or exec.、Mm-hmm. We rely a lot on them. We know by the time someone's joined the committee, we know we've been out hiking or climbing、mm-hmm. with them a few times. We know、mm-hmm. what their skills are and know how helpful they're going to be. We'll also check for people on the hike whether they've got things like first aid skills that's useful、mm-hmm. to know.、Mm-hmm. Who knows those things? Yeah, and usually. The first few hikes of the year, you'll get new people you don't know,、mm. and we tend to run easier hikes then,、mm-hmm. so we can figure out, yeah, yeah, and figure out what everyone's skill level is and that kind of thing. So by the rest of the year, we know most people on the hikes, yeah, and we can know what they can do, and we、mm-hmm. can identify people who might struggle a bit more, yeah, and adapt. And that kind of a capability test, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.、Mm-hmm. and we usually like to start our hikes. Earlier in the day, so that、yeah. we've got the whole day, in case someone is slower. So、mm-hmm. starting early is、mm-hmm. always best. Then、mm-hmm. it's always good to arrive early somewhere,、yeah. then arrive late in the dark, tired yeah. and、That'd、cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think most students 
could consume and like the safety guidelines yeah. during the climbing. So do you have some advice in that aspect? Um, for hiking, I'd say probably go easier at first, if, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't done hiking around New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Go shorter hikes, get used to the tracks mm. and see how long different so doc will have a track time and Mm -hmm. trying to see where you sit in terms of that track time yeah do you normally go over it a bit which is fine like doc's times are just Mm -hmm. a guideline Mm -hmm. or do you tend to go under it or are they about right for your speed um having raincoats no cotton or denim Mm -hmm. making sure you have yeah good gear for Mm. where you're going so you'll stay warm and dry Mm -hmm. checking the weather and I'd also recommend, if you can, if there's a local dock office nearby, mm-hmm. give them a call and ask for the local conditions because mm. a lot of the time the dock office in the area will have the best up-to-date track conditions, weather conditions, mm. will let you know there may be a slip across the track mm. that no one knows about yet, but they know about, yeah. and they can tell you about those things mm-hmm. that could make your trip longer. Mm-hmm. So you mean in South to the campsite, someone have the the rules taken there to sh- yeah. make sure the um, the safety. Yeah. Yeah. Or the yeah, if you call the visitor centre, they they can okay. give you the most up to date mm-hmm. info of the area you're mm-hmm. going, and yeah, just use the people around you who may know more than you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone would rather you ask questions before you <coughs> go, than be telling you once you get picked up by a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> get taken <laughs> out of there. Like, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I was uh, uh, doing software engineering, so I was thinking sometimes about uh, travel, c- camping, mm-hmm. climbing, um, by using some AI assistance. Mm-hmm. Like before you do the travel or camping, you have a planning, for example, planning on your phone, mm-hmm. or you investigate the geography, you know, environments on a computer, yeah. and you draw a map. Mm-hmm. And you share that knowledge with your team. Mm-hmm. Do some do some analysis before you go there, mm-hmm. and it's like a kind of three D modeling something. It's a geography modeling. You can see every angle of the place you are going to do. You know, are going to work with. So that provides a, a double check. You know, on the conditions. Yeah. And also do some of the dynamic planning, like the weather has been changed or the road condition being changed. Then you can update your plan. Yeah. By using like Google Map, something. Because in some of the places we we may not have good phone signal. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe mostly be- not. <laughs> yeah, because inside inside some of the high mountains, the waves are you know, you know, are disrupted or something low quality because the surrounding mountains are too high. And in that time, people found hard to call a phone, mm-hmm. especially for some of the novice team. I mean, they have not been traveled so much in New Zealand, and they come from international. Yeah, they may not even speak a good English. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes makes them quite difficult. Yeah, and in some of the circumstances, they hard to find someone to call for help or something. That may happen. I don't know. Yes. Yes, and I do find sometimes when you using your Google Map. And you can use in the offline model. I mean, before you before you go to the to the camping, mm-hmm. when you have Wi-Fi or network condition, which is well, you can download the map, 
they call offline. Mm -hmm. So you download the map, you get all the data in your phone and the storage in your phone. And then without any internet connection or signal, you can still use in that for directions. Yeah. They can still position your place precisely by the GPS. Yeah. It's like you hold a, a book-based map. Yes. There's no other network required. You can still using it by know where I am, where I want to go, and how I'm going to plan the route yeah. to find people or go to a town. Yes. And that makes, you know, to save you a lot of time when you get lost. Yeah. Somehow. They have, there are apps that do that. So mm -hmm. New Zealand Topo Maps, yeah. of that you can download the maps mm -hmm. offline and they will show you where you are as mm -hmm. you go. The only, so you, not always, but it's useful to have some map reading skills on that. So mm -hmm. it uses a lot of contour lines, yeah. which... Are quite important. Yeah, or self latitude meter. You know, yeah, you can I, see the how high I'm going to climb. Yeah, and yeah. where some big slips are mm -hmm. and the rivers and all that kind of stuff. So, if you have someone who can teach you, some of the local climbing mm -hmm. and training clubs around here offer map reading courses. Mm -hmm. That's a useful skill to have. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing which I 100% recommend if you're going to invest in any bit of equipment, expensive equipment to take hiking. Yeah. You can get a PLB, the $300, the cheapest ones. Okay. You can also hire them from outdoor stores. Mm -hmm. And they are, so a PLB is a personal locator beacon. Uh, when you get, so if you have a medical emergency, mm -hmm. are extremely lost. Mm -hmm. so this is not just for if you're tired and mm -hmm. you don't want to walk home. <laughs> <laughs> this is for emergencies. You can push the locator beacon and it mm -hmm. sends a message to okay. our helicopter emergency services. Okay. So those are for emergencies. I have one. I take it with me hiking everywhere. Okay. Even if it's just a day hike, I'll bring mm -hmm. it with me. And you have emergency contacts on your PLB. Mm -hmm. I have mine set up on a little Facebook messenger group chat yeah. and every place I go, I'll message them mm -hmm. and tell them my trip intentions. So. Yeah. You've got to always make sure you tell someone where you're going. Yeah, yeah. So if mm -hmm. you get stuck, yeah, yeah. someone knows where mm. you are. <laughs> it would be good to go with a team yeah. rather than individual or yeah. small team. Even if you're going with a team, I'll still mm -hmm. be like, there's five of us. We're going to Arthur's Pass up this river valley. We yeah. should be out at this time. But if we're not out by this time, maybe start to let emergency services know that mm. we may be in a spot of trouble. Yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. telling people where you're going, your expected time of return, and then yeah. your usually alert time or alarm time to mm -hmm. set off the alarm that you're not back. Yeah. And <clears> having <throat> those things in place can save a lot of lives, mm, yeah. especially if you're Yeah, and to. also for international students, I do advise to improve your driving skills mm -hmm. in New Zealand because some of the place driving is quite difficult in New Zealand. Yes. Especially the mountain area. Yes. Yeah, it's a challenge. Sometimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. just take your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, allow <laughs> lots of time to drive. Take it slow around the yeah. corners. And yeah. last time I was driving alongside a cliff, so I was quite scared in the first time when I was driving yeah. alongside the cliff and really need you to have a preparation. Yeah. yeah. And to do more study mm -hmm. before you go. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah, and this is 
makes you feel safety yeah yeah during the time when you're enjoying the nature yes yes and we're going to have uh, another topic in the next time to find something to share mm. our experience yeah and thank you for listening yeah see you thank you <laughs> <laughs>
Please stop running me, woman. 